0: Bond. James Bond. Yes, I mean, he is the, the crown in the jewel of it all. Mm, if there's uh, jewels to be spoken of. But yes, once you play that role, it, it puts you on the map, it lands you in a place in the firmament that few men have been. It's international. And without Bond, I don't think I would have made the Thomas Crown or the Matador. It allowed me to go off and make my own movies.
1: welcome to a brand new episode of not a bomb podcast this is the show where we go back and revisit the movies that bombed in the theaters or maybe you know the critics just raked over the coals i'm one of your hosts troy and with me is my best friend brad hey brad welcome back hey
0: buddy how are you
1: all the superpowers coming oh my uh my second COVID. i'm fully vaccinated now
0: well, you have to wait two weeks and then you'll be fully, fully vaccinated. Okay, but yes.
1: so the superpowers are brewing. But yes. listen, it was it was a little touch and go for a week. I, I know we recorded Southland Tales last week, and the next day you served me divorce papers. I did. So we had to get an arbitrator in. But hey, after a few days of just talking, connecting again, we're back. No, no split up, right? <laughs>
0: Mommy and daddy are no longer fighting.
1: That's right. Wow, what an, we got we got a really good response from everybody. I, I was um, kind of thinking a lot of people would just land on your side because it is a divisive film, and and not a lot of people enjoy that one. But It is a divisive film, yes. I was surprised how many people – see, right there, we're starting it again. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I was surprised how many people uh, showed support for it but also kind of trashed it too. So that was good to see. Yes. Um, before I get too far, though, I do want to and in, just introduce our guest. We're talking an action film, so usually when we talk action films, we're bringing back either Jose or our guest tonight, none other than John Nance himself. John, how are you?
0: Doing well. How are you guys doing? Uh, now, his full title would be John, What the Dub Nance.
1: That's right. <laughs> are we going to talk about that real quick? So we'll, we'll, Yes, we'll, please. Okay. So this week, Brad, uh, in, in part of our reconciliation process, we had to go to therapy and one of the things they suggested was for us to connect on uh, through games, et cetera. And so Brad came up with this great game that I did not I did not come up with it. This is not my idea. Someone else created it. I so just found it. Was it was your idea to play it though, right? Yes. Okay. So yes. if you go on to, I guess all gaming platforms, PC, uh, Xbox, PlayStation switch, whatever it is, you can download a game called What the Dub, and it's tr- super cheap, $7.99. And you – unfortunately, right now, you are only supposed to be able to play it in a local co-op. So it doesn't have an online, but we got around that. We, we streamed a channel, and, and we were able to play online. But the whole premise of the game is it is going to play clips of a film, and they're – I don't know. How would you describe these clips, Brad or John?
0: They're like old like- – think like mystery science theater sort of in a way where they you know you're just looking at a scene out of context it's older a lot of b movies a lot of black and white stuff though i know we had night of the living dead one of the scenes but you know a lot of just older movies and there's no context around the scene you just come in a character will say a line and maybe another character will say something and then uh the next thing is like missing audio And so you on your phone type in what you want that person to say. You can even, we found out, select the language that you wanted to say it in. (laughs) Um, And then the character will, um, it uses that, um, I forget what the technology is called, but essentially like when Siri reads your text, it's using that technology and then it will say
1: what you type in. Dub that person's line with your line. So it looks like now a completed scene. And where there is missing audio, you've provided that portion of the audio. And again, you can choose what type of language. You know, So if you want to have an Italian accent or something or French accent, it'll do that. Plus sound effects. You can put sound effects in there too. It goes from
0: zero to 11 literally in 30 seconds. Yeah. The first yeah. scene is like, okay, we're just going to – you have to play with friends who aren't going to get offended by things because we go places. But uh, John, yeah. as I found out – He's literally the funniest person in what the dub I've ever seen in my entire life. And playing with him is impossible to beat. So you're you're playing for second place.
1: I was going to say, you and Brad, uh, Brad, you and I ended up, I think, getting the loser spot quite a, quite a bit. But uh, John was winner just about on almost every game. So John, I think you missed your calling as either a comedian or working for Mystery Science Theater because you were freaking brilliant in terms of <laughs> coming up with just audio that was absolutely funny. Yeah, I guess
2: I I guess my time sitting at home watching commercials and then doing my own lines kind of helped
0: out a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I I can't recommend it uh, enough. It's brilliant. It's a brilliant game. It's kind of perfect for you know having friends and you know we stream over Twitch and like we got some random person in our room and they played with us and of course Troy and I talked to to them about our podcast. So maybe (laughs) one day they'll become a listener. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, it was it was fun, uh, and and like Brad said, if if you love movies and if you want to give your hand at you know writing pieces of films, uh, it's it's definitely a great game to play with like minded like minded people, I guess. And and if you're familiar with the Jackbox games, and so the those party games on you know a, a console or something, it's the same same thing. But it's a lot of fun, super cheap. Um, we will be playing it quite a bit. But uh, yeah, oh, check yeah. it out. Yep. Yeah. So, Absolutely. real quick, before we get on to this week's film, because you picked um, episode 49, Brad, we, we got to sort of put um, last week's episode to rest. I think. We got to put a period
0: on that last, last, uh, last episode, is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> I think so.
1: And, and John, just before, somebody had sent in a fantastic uh, email that I do want to read. But John, do you, do you have a view on Southland Tales? Have you seen it?
2: Oh, yeah. I, I actually like it. I like it a lot. it's dude it's it's trippy (laughs) enough to be enjoyable um you know yeah rock fan but i'm more of sean william scott fan as well before rehab um but yeah i thought i thought it was a good movie i i I really enjoyed it sorry
1: sorry brad (laughs) (laughs) but hey listen i'm gonna before anything that's why i brought john on no, I brought Jonah because of the movie we're talking about. We're talking Cheating action films. so – No, no, no. Um, we had a. I'll start calling you Charlie again, by the way. Oh, don't do that. Oh, Lord. Don't do that.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, Jose, who's been on the show before, was on our uh, Showgirls episode as well as our Jackie Chan episode with Dragons Forever had sent in an email and I'm going to read that Brad, because I think it's a really good email in terms of just a critical analysis or response of it. So this is from, let's not, let's open up some old wounds. Let's go. Okay, here we go. Um, Brad. So he, he wrote this to you specifically. So he starts out with you, Brad, listening to episode 48 Southland tales created the kind of sonic trauma and anxiety comparable to hearing your parents argue in front of you for the first time. I'm reminded of Martin Lawrence in Bad Boys and his quote, Don't break up a happy home. Brad, I could hear the concern over the fact that Troy seemed almost offended that Southland wasn't in your wheelhouse despite it, well, being in your wheelhouse. Additionally, it seemed that your overriding concern was that you couldn't discern Kelly's message or goal in presenting his dystopian future and vision. Speaking of quotes, Sheryl Crow sang in her song, Steve McQueen, so we got rock stars in the White House, and all our pop stars look like porn. All my heroes hit the highway because they don't hang out here no more. For me, Southland Tales remains a confounding, enigmatic, and divisive, divisive, and he spells mm. it out. Okay, okay. film that's still quite relevant and timely, despite being filmed in 2006. Troy said Kelly was no Nostradamus, and that it was easy enough to look at the news and the political landscape and extrapolate dystopia. But I'd argue Kelly was so much keener in his vision of futuristic entropy, nailing the privacy issues post 9-11, and more importantly, the mixing of pop culture and media and politics that gave rise to not only reality shows and manipulated realities, alternative facts, but also the Hilton Kardashian celebrity conundrum where people became famous, not so much for achievements, but for their notoriety or uh, sex tape. Speaking strictly for myself, it was the Krista Now character and the mainstreaming of porn aspects of the script that was my hook to this film. Reve- repeated viewings brought out more of the Orwellian Agent Orange climate change, big business shaking hands with politicians and entertainment aspects of the story. Even now, the plot about blackmailing a politician by releasing a controver- controversial video of someone tied to his daughter in order to influence an election and public opinion is certainly not far fetched in a way, Richard Kelly predicted that we would use baser pop culture based actions to hit out the so-called untouchable elite to expose them as greedy and fair weather disloyal as an act of rebellion. And unfortunately doesn't change anything. It only breeds more discontent and suspicion and emboldens more behind the scenes, secret hand exchanges and agreements. For me, when it comes to critical analysis of a film like Southland, or any film for that matter, I tend to view films as a work of art. Sure, the director and the writer may have stated a goal or message to send to a viewer, but sometimes critiquing a film means not searching for the director's goal or message, but just letting the undiluted images, performances, and the story wash over you and seeing what feelings or emotions are stirred in you. Well, you you definitely had some feelings. I did bubble up to the top, didn't you? Okay. I did. uh, I've had to
0: Google some of these words Jose's using, by the way. So <laughs> it's this yeah. is this is what, so what, this is when's the exam? Okay. <laughs> Wednesday <the> exam.
1: <laughs> oh, almost there. So I think there is a danger in pre reading or watching trailers or diving into the background of a film before you see it. I agree with that statement hundred percent.
0: I never do it before.
1: Yep. Think of it this way. If you go into a museum, very rarely will there be a card under a painting that tells you what the artist is trying to convey or what was happening contemporaneously when the art was created. You look at the painting or the statue or the performance art, check yourself to see how it stirs your perceptions, and you go from there with your analysis. And so it goes with Southland Tales. Sometimes even a linearly told story can feature spider legs that reach out and touch ideas or images briefly, and even employ dream logic, non-linear narrative, but still unify the work as thematic, even if those images or ideas don't initially ring integral to plot mechanics. Did they need Timberlake's musical number? Maybe not. Was it a comment on how sometimes we escape and turn our own heads with the use of drugs for that momentary relief of not having to feel the pain of one's trauma or deal with the hopeless reality around us? Maybe. Was it damn cool and fine to watch? To me, yeah. To you, not so much. Was Kelly injecting some dream logic and disorientating narrative to tell the story of Southland Tales? I think so. I couldn't tell you what actually happened in Lynch's Mulholland Drive, another film that seems to employ dream logic and non-linear storytelling the first time I saw it, but I was entertained. It touched me and it both made sense and didn't make sense. I may not know what the message was, but I know I watched something that challenged me and my senses. I'd urge you to give Southland Tales another try before you sell that Arrow Blu-ray, especially since you two so very poignantly (laughs) brought the love back at the end of the episode. What a great aw shucks ending. Huge fan. Keep up the amazing work. P.S., Southland Tales has a showgirls connection. The choreographer for the movie was none other than Marguerite Derricks, who not only choreographed showgirls, but also choreographed the sparkle motion dance sequence in Donnie Darko. There you go. He's, he, he knows how to bring everything back to showgirls. <laughs> I think ugh, that's out of my league.
0: But yes, uh, I cannot quit Troy. I've tried. After 13 <laughs> years, I've tried. <laughs> but I keep coming back.
1: We, we really gave a run for it last week, but not can't sever that tie. But hey, Jose, I, it's no secret. I agree with everything you said. I, I have the same reaction to that film. Um, and Mahal, yeah, I love that you bring up Lynch. Um, this is another one, a director that I, I think some people love, some people don't. And again, I'll, I'll watch a film, not necessarily know exactly what I saw, but I'll have a reaction to it. And I, I would put Southland Tales in that grouping too. Some people are going to have a positive reaction. Some people have a negative. I, I don't know, Brad. Did, did any of this kind of hit you in a different way? Or you, I mean, like
0: you I kind of th- talked about last week, I can see all this stuff at, with Southland Tales. That's why it's so infuriating with me as a viewer is because I can see all that stuff. It just doesn't work for me. Right. But I can see it's there but I hate everything about it.
1: (laughs) Hey, I, I, I'm glad we talked about it. It it goes back to under the skin. I I can see all the things that you talked about it. I don't hate that film. I didn't think it was as successful, uh, but I will definitely go back and revisit it because I, I do like being challenged. I like transgressive cinema. I like cinema that challenges me too. So yeah. Um, Yeah. Speaking of cinema that challenges you tonight, we're going to talk, we're going to go the opposite (laughs) direction. So my favorite thing about doing this show um, with you, Brad, and and also bringing you on, John, is, and John, if you think about sort of the range of films that we have tackled, I mean, this is episode 49. We're getting close to, you know, the one year. And when you look back at all of the things that we've tackled, we've just run the gambit. And so I think it's funny to go from Southland Tales, which is meant as some of a I don't know, socio-political message type film, dystopian future, everything else, all the way to 1992's Live Wire. Now, I asked you this last week, Brad, and I'm super curious. This one, I mean, when you talk about theater bombs, and, and we have an entire list of it, this one was nowhere close to my radar. It, and, and in fact, I, I totally forgot that I'd seen it, much less owned it. Can you tell the story again why this one was kind of important to you?
0: Yeah, so James Bond, or I'm sorry, Pierce Brosnan, was um, who stars in Livewire, was my first kind of impression of a James Bond that I liked. Now, I knew of Connery before that. Connery did not resonate with me as James Bond. Pierce Brosnan did. GoldenEye was an event in my life. Uh, GoldenEye 007 on the N64 was something that... uh, you know, changed my life forever. So you kind of work your way backwards when you find an actor that you like, and you're, you're trying to see what other stuff um, they've done. You know, you hear the Remington Steele stuff and, oh, he couldn't be Bond. So they went to Timothy Dalton. Luckily they came back around to him. And then you kind of like, look at this period in the early nineties, and he's doing these weird movies that like no one has really seen and for some reason I remember and I when I was talking to a buddy that back home that I was doing this, he said, Oh, do you remember going over to so and so's house? They had it taped off of TV and we would watch the VHS because I remember it saying live wire on the you know how you would write yeah. the mm-hmm. and and I do remember that. And I reached out to that person and I think I might actually get their old VHS copy of Livewire. Oh, that'd be awesome. um, Anyway, so it (laughs) was like a James Bond sort of origin for me. And then kind of going back. um, And it's just a really weird movie with a weird story behind it. You know, technically, this is the lowest uh, grossing film we've done in 49 episodes.
1: Okay. Uh, Well, and before we get into that, I I do have a question. So Pierce Brosnan was your introduction to James Bond. John, what... Where were you introduced to that iconic character? Which which actor brought it? Um, the one that really first drew interest
2: to me, Roger Moore's version of Bond. Um, then it was back to Sean Connery. Uh, didn't care much for Tim Dalton, uh, but I do have to agree with Brad uh, when they when they put Pierce Brosnan in, it was it, it was James Bond. I think without the campiness, without the, I guess you could say. Um, overacted edge that dalton brought to it I, I thought he was i thought he was a really good james bond Goldeneye, yes definitely put him on the spot brad two thousand percent agree with you golden eye on n64 was world changing for a lot of folks not just personally uh video game wise it opened up a lot of a lot of avenues. so yeah i'm sorry roger moore
1: yeah. I, I, Roger Moore for me too. I I'm probably going to be the minority here. I really love Timothy Dalton specifically the living daylights. Um, because I experienced James Bond through Roger Moore, went back through the Sean Connery. But when Timothy Dalton came on, it, the first thing that when it was announced was, was, wasn't that the guy from flash Gordon? So I didn't know how that was going to work out. <laughs> um, and th- right, it's, yeah. it's so funny that you kind of pick live wire and say, Hey, this was a film that when I discovered James Bond, I went back to look for other movies that this actor did. And for me, I I can think about, okay, well for Timothy Dalton, it was, Oh, I, I kind of knew him from flash Gordon for Roger Moore. It was, Oh, (laughs) I I mean, he's in a couple of, um, spy films and, and whatnot. And then he shows up in the cannonball run with Jackie Chan. And, and for Sean Connery, I always loved the films that he would do like outland. Um, Oh, good one. Which was sort of a remake of uh, High Noon, but it was in space. So yep. I, I love the fact that a, a character like James Bond will bring you to an actor, and then if you really like that actor, you go and explore his his other work. So this this is a fun pick, in my opinion, because it gives you you know a chance to talk about what was this person doing before they took on this role that pretty much opened all of you know the world for them and and all these other opportunities. So so let me ask, speaking of
2: Bond, is anyone else out there besides me who is somewhat very disappointed to know that Idris Elba is not going to be the next Bond? I
0: think it'd be perfect. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes, right? I mean, it, you know, I think people get too uh, sort of up their own ass a little bit about James Bond. Like, let a female be James Bond. Who cares? Like, James Bond is just a title. Like, I, I don't really just whoever they can do cool stuff with. Aegis Elba would be awesome, but you know like if they gave it to like Kate Blanchett, I'd be like, "Okay, that sounds cool." Oh, you know, that would be a good one. stuff, you know. Like,
1: yeah, I'm with you okay. too. I'm I I never get caught up into the casting of things. I'm curious what they're going to do with it. And and at the end of the day, it could be awesome, it could stink, but that's usually going to come down from the execution of the story. I I don't know about you guys. I'm more interested on uh any more who they bring behind the camera, more so. A director is the all camera. the thing I care about. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. So, all right, cool. Yeah, they're just too precious.
0: I mean, I think people are a little too precious about it, and they forget. Like, I and mean, they had George Lazenby do one, like, just you know, which I think is a really good movie. But yeah. you know, it's okay to just kind of give something a shot. If it doesn't work, then go back, yeah, do something man. different.
1: I agree with you. Well, Brad, you. Kind of hinted at the numbers. So usually when we talk about a film, we I go got back. An easy and, week this week. Yeah, <laughs> we we go back and look at how this thing did. Um, One of the things that we're going to spend a little time talking about too is New Line Cinema. So I I know a listener had asked uh, a question. I don't know a couple of weeks ago about film logos. Like w- when do you get excited about seeing a film logo? New Line Cinema is in there for me any, anytime I see that. But yep. be- before we kind of get to, you know, the production company, the people in front of the camera, behind the camera, let's let's talk about box office. This one has a pretty interesting story, right?
0: Yeah, so it was tentatively to be a big budget, well, not big budget, a summer blockbuster film. New Line decided, let's not do that. Let's show it on UPN okay. on May 1st. I believe it's May 1st of 1992 is when it was the original air date. So technically, I I had read some stories that maybe it was released limited, like really limited, but I could not find any box office numbers. So, technically, from what I saw, this has a zero dollar box office take. Yeah, it Um, it it costs eleven million dollars, and so I don't know. You know, UPN probably had to buy the rights to the film for so you know they didn't lose all eleven million dollars, but you know it's nothing like it would have been if it was released in the theaters, especially in the summer. But, you know, it's just a weird kind of thing. They make this movie for the summer and then it gets released on network television.
1: Well, and depending on where you look it up, so I believe network television does an airing in May, but then it starts showing up as a release in September of that same year because there are a couple of different versions of this out there. I know there's the made-for-TV, and then, of course, if you get the special edition edition, dvd you get like an r-rated version and then an unrated version so there's different cuts of this thing
0: so i think the the, the difference in that cut is the sex
1: scene right yeah the uh the cinemax uh whoa you know, dude wow we'll get to that okay but thank you <laughs> so is it can we even talk about like what was being released and in, yeah in I, I just thought September? it'd be funny okay. to kind
0: of see what it would have been up against because some of these are kind of cool movies
1: okay uh
0: you have the you have split seconds which I think mm-hmm. is
1: a cool movie. That's the Rutger-Hauer Rutger-Hauer. Rutger yeah. Hauer. Rutger Howard. Rucker Howard. yeah. Uh,
0: Poison Ivy.
1: Okay. Huh.
0: The third Lethal Weapon movie. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and the third Alien movie released oh, wow. in the same month. Great summer. Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, and then you have Encino Man, <laughs> um, your boy. If you're getting ready to check your bingo boards, here's the Tom Cruise uh, space, uh, Far and Away. Okay, That's got Nicole Kidman in it too, right? That's right. Yep.
1: Isn't that a Ron yep. Howard film?
0: I believe so. Yes, it is. And uh, Sister Act, round out that month. So some pretty cool movies that month. Oh, yeah. Oh, holy cow. All right. Well, Okay. Also, so we're talking about $0 budget. We are also talking about a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes with five uh, critics reviews um, and a 29% on audience score. So not favorable,
1: to say the least. Wow. Yeah, and, and is this a, a first time watch for anybody? I don't think it is, right? Everybody seen yeah. this before? Yeah. yeah.
0: I had not seen it in since high school, so twenty years.
1: Oh wow. How about you, John? Oh uh
2: correction. Uh this is the second time watching it, but first time watching the unrated scene, so Oh, okay. Did you just
0: watch that scene? For <laughs> it was, minutes? It was,
2: yeah. So the wife asked me what the hell I was doing, and I was like, I'm analyzing. I'm analyzing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Enhance.
1: Enhance. Enhance. <laughs> so director Christian Duguay, I know he's Canadian. I don't know he's I think it's name. Duguay. Duguay, okay. Yeah. He is known for a lot of TV, both you know, television series and uh, movies that are done specifically for television, but in 1991, uh, his his theatrical, I guess, debut, he does a couple of films, Scanners 2, The New Order, as oh, well wow. as Scanners 3, The Takeover. I, I don't know if they're filmed back-to-back, but they both come out in 1991. And we'll talk about those because Livewire has some scanner-like elements to it, obviously. And yep. then in 1992, he does this film. I think this is interesting. What I what The other thing I always find kind of fascinating about just doing this kind of podcast is – you talk about a movie like Southland Tales, and then the next week we come to something like Livewire from 1992, and in my head I'm thinking, well, there's no connective tissue between them. But last week we were talking about Philip K. Dick specifically for, for a long time, and one of the things um, that we referenced was Screamers from 1995, which is based on a Philip K. Dick story, Second Variety. Uh, Christian directed that film.
0: Yep. I um, thought that was interesting. Yeah. That's the I thought, Peter,
1: Peter Waller, right? Yeah. Which yeah. I absolutely love that film. I, I, I think oh, yeah, it, was, it was really was good.
0: It yeah. was good. It was great.
1: He also just
0: technically it was a bomb. So, you know, yeah, maybe it might, it might show up. Hey.
1: Um, he also directed The Assignment in 1997 and then uh, The Art of War from 2000 with Wesley Snipes, which is. That's oh, a good movie. Yeah. An- another one I kind of so, like. So. so
0: I was going to ask that's his biggest movie, right? Art of War. Art of War, I think it is. Yeah. Would have to be his biggest. I mean, it's got Wesley Snipes.
1: I think so. Uh, I, 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 yeah, when,
2: when Wesley was at the top of his game, I think that was definitely a huge uh, success.
1: Yeah. And then the the screenplay, written by Bart Baker, just tons of TV credits. I think he's only done one other film from 2005 called Supercross. have no idea what that was. Um, and, and really, there's not much to talk about behind the scenes except for one other element. I'm going to save that before we get to talking about the film. And that's the production company. But let's talk about it in front of the camera. So this is a Pierce Brosnan film. I mean, he's, he's our lead hero. He plays Danny O'Neill. And you talked about this too, Brad. Danny O'Neill, American. American <laughs> Danny O'Neill. He was best known, I think, leading up to this was probably for the Remington Steel TV series from 82 to 87. It, it was very popular um but he's he's done some other films um before obviously the the james bond gig he did nomads in 1985 which is an interesting little horror that film. is an interesting movie and the year that Livewire came out in 92 he also did the lawnmower man the stephen king adaption uh mrs doubtfire 93 and then of course in 1995 hits it big with golden eye does tomorrow never dies the world's not enough die another day. And then here's our Jackie Chan connection. diminishing
0: Diminishing returns on yes.
1: those. <laughs> uh, Yikes. And, and if, you, if you want a later, uh, I don't know, film from Pierce Brosnan that is fantastic, check out 2017's The Foreigner with none other than Jackie Chan. Very solid entry. Just real I like quick, that
0: movie, The Matador. The Matador is good. Was,
1: he's, he's done yeah. a lot of great, uh, I would say, political thrillers. I mean, Thomas Crown Affair, I know a lot of people. Thomas love Crown Affair, yeah. Love that that one. was a
2: fun movie. That's a fun movie.
1: But just real quick, I mean – He's he's now known to be James Bond. Do you, do you have a favorite Pierce Brosnan, James Bond film? Goldeneye, Not even close. Yeah, didn't we go over this earlier? <laughs> it is Goldeneye. So for me, yeah, I am Goldeneye. going Tomorrow Never Dies. No. Nah. Yeah, Michelle yo. Oh,
0: Sorry. yeah.
1: Okay. All right. <laughs> There's some great action sequences in that does one. Does
0: Sean Bean die in Tomorrow Never Dies? Because, well. Is there a movie he doesn't die in? Well, yes, he does. But, you know.
1: Ronan. Give me the He just got booted. Oh, that's right. Ronin. Yeah. yeah. Um, so another, I, I don't know, staple of the nineties is Ron Silver plays Frank Travers. <laughs> and and I only I only know Ron Silver from a couple of films, and it's Blue Steel in nineteen ninety with Jamie Lee Curtis, which is I mean, that should be a better film than what should it turned be a out better to film. be um live wire 92 he also was in another film in 92 mr saturday night with billy crystal but the the two films that i always remember him from is time cop in 1994 oh yeah and the arrival in 1996 with charlie sheen yeah that's right yep the the aliens that are terraforming the earth it's it's actually that's right it's a good film it's a really good film we also get ben cross as mikhail rashid talk about a guy's career that just starts at a pinnacle, and I don't know where it goes, but this is a guy who does Cherry to Fire in 1981, which is a fantastic film, Academy Award-nominated, etc. And then he starts putting out stuff, and pretty soon you find him in The Unholy in 1988, just a schlocky <laughs> horror film. Or uh, Exorcist, The Beginning. Yeah, Exorcist, The Beginning. Oh, he's, he's been in so, Star Trek Did he Trek play Spock's
0: father in the new Star Trek
1: he did. Yes, okay. 2009, Star Trek. He did. Yep. Okay. Kelvin timeline, folks, for us nerds. Okay. But, wow, just <laughs> <laughs> to, to, <I'm> a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> to come out in, in an Academy Award film, and then if you go through his, I don't know, his his filmography, it's it's pretty interesting. We get Lisa Albacher as Terry O'Neill. Two films, and now as soon as I see her, I automatically think of Beverly Hills Cop and Leviathan, both 80s <laughs> films. Um, and then Uh, The only other cast member I'm going to talk about real quick is uh, Tony Plana as Al Red. And every time I see this guy, I mean, do you know what movie that you should know him from? Like everybody, you see his face. There's going to be one movie you know him from. Come on. I don't. Drawing a blank. 1986, he played a little character called Hefe in The Three Amigos.
0: Um, oh, okay. What
1: do you mean? Oh, Three Amigos is an amazing. <laughs> film. It's
0: great. It's great.
1: But oh, no, I remember now Three Amigos is awesome. All right. Well, so the thing I kind of wanted to talk about just real quick, if we're talking about, you know, stuff going on beyond camera, this is a new line cinema film. Do you guys care about new line cinema? I mean, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Girl, new line had some of the films I remember the most.
2: Yeah. They made the late eighties. They made the early nineties. I mean, new line cinema, their movies were just, you know, you had to go kind of watch them.
1: It, it dude if you go back and look at everything that they put out it is just a i don't know a solid sheet of films and yeah. they're so influential but a little background it, it was found as an independent film distribution company and the first film that it actually put out there was in 1967 i didn't know they'd been around that long and the movie was Whoa. called late august at the hotel ozone so it ends up being acquired and becomes a label of warner brothers entertainment and I think the movie that put it on the map in eighties is none other than 1984 is "The nightmare on Elm street. Yep, and yes. everybody kind of refers to nightmare on Elm street as you know, that it, it pretty much put new Line in them on the map, gave them all the cash to do everything from the eighties to nineties.
0: Yeah. Cause I, I think that made something like 25 or 26 times its budget so, yeah. like, it was like two million dollars. It makes like fifty-eight or something like that. So now, all of a sudden, you're got all this influx of cash. They have a huge franchise. It. Yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah, and that's why a lot of their advertisements. I mean, if you go back and look at a lot of them, it always started "Coming Soon" from New Line Cinema.
1: Yeah. Well. And that was it. Then you get into the 2000s, and they well, take uh, a big mm, risk. Mm, what? 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 Yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. Oh. Another yes. huge franchise. That was the one that reminded me because
0: that was like me growing up. I watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like every day. So well, I remember seeing that logo.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about like the biggest franchises that have just really been a cash cow for them. I, the two that always come to mind in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a big one. But if you if you think about it, it really comes down to Nightmare on Elm Street in the 80s. And then the 2000s, it's the Lord of the Rings. So... You know, oh, because they produced. They produce, So they take a chance on Peter Jackson because, you know, not going to all the stories, but, you know, they're shopping this around. And it and it's really this production company, it comes back and says, well, wait a minute, isn't this three books? Well, go ahead and make three films. And so, you know, they turn that into the Hobbit series. But if you're thinking about new line cinema and, and really the influence that they've had on cinema in general – I mean, they have been around a long time because they've taken some risks. Um, in in the '80s, gave us all the Friday, you know, not Friday uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies, and then you know you come around two thousands and you're getting Lord of the Rings. So, but in '92, I think they were struggling a little bit. So, you, you talked about them spending say. about 11 million on an action film that never gets released. Let me let me tell you what came out in 1992 from New Line Cinema. You've you've already mentioned a couple of these. But they start off in March with The Lawnmower Man with Pierce Brosnan. Um, they do Deep Cover in April as well, which is a fantastic film. I think Criterion yes. is going to put that out this uh, July. Um, Year of the Comet in April. Are is you where, serious? Yeah. Criterion's doing okay. Deep Cover. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I don't know if you're joking or not. No. It's the, the Lawrence Fishburne and, um, gosh, the other guy, Jeff Goldblum, right? Okay. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Big Girls Don't Cry, They Get Even in May. Uh, and so far, I think the Lawnmower Man does okay box office, but so you know, the stuff they've got so far, it's not it's not really bringing in the money, right? Poison Ivy is a new line cinema film with Drew Barrymore comes out in May. So here's their June entertainment. They they must have shelved Livewire because they were waiting to put all of their marketing and advertising behind Aces, Iron Eagle Three that came out in June. Yeah, there you go. Light Mm. Sleeper in August, Honeymoon in Vegas in August, which is, you know, good Nicolas Cage film. I I totally forgot they did this, Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me in August. Oh, yeah, yeah. yes. Now That's not very good. Theatrically, they had listed Livewire as a September theatrical, so I don't know if that's where, to your point, Brad, they might have put that unrated or R-rated version, circulated that. You get where the day takes you in September. Mr. Saturday Night with Billy Crystal in September. Glenn, Gary, Glenn Ross in October. So a little, you know, Oscar stuff going out there. Johnny Stacchino in October. Critters Four in October. <laughs> they have all the Critters <laughs> franchise, and then Damage in December. So ninety-two is really not a cash cow for New Line Cinema. So it's it, it doesn't surprise me that you know they spend that kind of money on Livewire. And then decide, hey, release it on TV. I I don't think they were having a really good year at this point. But you know, this is I don't know a a different kind of film for us because there's really no history about it. There's not a lot. I still
0: love how there's like no history of this movie. The story is pretty cut and dry. It is still 45 minutes into the podcast before we even start talking about it.
1: (laughs) But I mean, yeah, guy
0: who gets mad about us not getting to the movie and in early enough, suck it. Hey.
1: (laughs) We, oh. we managed to stretch out even the, the little pieces of information that we can find. Right. So exactly. Now it's time to talk about your pick for this week, Brad, which is going down memory lane to 1992's ninety-two's live wire with Pierce Brosnan. I'm going to always start with our guest, John. I know um, you just watched it either uh, yesterday or today, but what, what's your initial thoughts on this action extravaganza? <laughs> okay. So I had to refresh my memories. I knew I kind of saw this.
2: I just couldn't remember exactly what it was. So I, of course, YouTube it to get the, you know, the trailer and I'm watching. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm in for a treat. Um, cause one of the taglines for this trailer was it has action stunts and special effects. Ooh. I'm and in. Then
0: it tra- wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then
2: it tries to say, what did it say? Something like, you know, uh, in the vein of Die Hard. I was like, okay, now we're stretching it. So after that, watched it uh, Saturday night. I was like, I'm tired. I probably didn't give it a fair shake. Let me rewatch it again this afternoon, watch it a second time. A story that actually has actually a pretty decent premise. Um, now hearing that it was made for TV and released for TV, I see it now. A, I see it. And it was something that my wife watched with me today. And yeah her reaction kind of summed it all up she had that kind of look on her face all through the
1: movie (laughs) yeah um it was uh it was something okay Uh, all right good summary brad did this bring back all the feels for nostalgia did you have a good time revisiting this thing it
0: did there's a few scenes in this movie i remember just finding to be extremely funny and we'll we'll get to those but this movie is not smart at all. It is really dumb. Uh, Pierce Brosnan, this accent, I don't know what he is doing. Ugh, it is painful to listen to, but it's still Pierce Brosnan, so I'll, I'll look at him all day.
1: Um, <laughs> is Pierce Brosnan Henry Cavill level for you? or just?
0: Oh, God, yes. yes. Oh, really?
1: So he's another boxer dropper?
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's a sexy Irish man. You know, like I said, it's not a smart movie. It's really dumb. Uh, You know, there is this whole thing with water in this movie uh, that is like, they pound you over the head with it. And even at the last line of the film, they talk about water and, you know, they turn it around. Yeah, Um, We'll get to that later. (laughs) Um, But I will say, this film has one of my most favorite things in the entire world. and It is not dummies blowing up, because we'll get to that later. (laughs) It is physical title screens. So that opening of this movie, someone put together like a metal thing and had live wire on it and they dropped water on it and heated up that metal. So it sizzled and it is awesome. And it's got a weird score. Uh, This movie, I'm just going to go ahead and say it is amazing. I loved every second of this movie for (laughs) 85 minutes. It's dumb. I know. I know Troy. I know. I,
1: Sometimes have, you just like what you see. I you know, know. I just, I can't, man, I don't know what goes on in your head. <laughs> you don't want to know, man. All right. Well, so that first explosion in the restaurant, Holy cow. Wow. 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 Awesome. Wow. Uh, it, it's pretty amazing. Pyrotechnics and stunt work. And some dude is standing in front of the building, not a mannequin and takes the full force of that explosion. And when you open a film like that, and, and I'm with you, Brad, Well, that's
0: not even the opening.
1: Well, it's. I know you get the title sequence with the water. Well, then you get the car with the girl, and no, no, then no, possible that, come, that comes afterwards. No. Okay. No, it's a. That's in the beginning. Yeah. No, I. Because
0: then he goes to the explosion after that.
1: Right, but the explosion comes first. Ah, uh, whatever. Okay. Yes, because that's how you open a film. You, you're right. You get this like live wire and water and and cool. I oh yeah, because we're talking
0: about you know we sell these what these machines and weapons to these yeah oh that's got, right the you senator the yeah politicians
1: yeah. in the senate john you saw this twice you should know this he, they're in a restaurant and the waiter like let me pour you a cup of water and it's all ominous because you see all this water everywhere drinks the water and then boom and you get oh, this explosion well you
0: missed also the slow motion of the water coming out of the fire hydrant with all right, the, kids the kids playing, playing yeah and yeah you know, the I ominous mean, music in the background
1: like so much water water is going to mean something water is everywhere it's dangerous like and uh, that's how they set it up. But that explosion, it's not a mannequin. Some guy just, I think he's dead because the way that explosion just <laughs> engulfs him. I don't know. I, I mean, Jackie Chan wouldn't even do that stunt, but it was in, it was incredible. And I got goosebumps. I'm like, oh, my God. Could this. you
0: imagine dying for LifeWire? No. Oh but um,
1: <laughs> I, I got super excited. And then you get to the Pierce Brosnan scene where he's disarming a bomb between a woman's leg and a car who's wearing I don't know this jewelry that looks like she can't turn her head um, and immediately it goes into 90s bad action comedy territory and I, I got I gotta I gotta tell you I have never seen a movie move from exciting to Turkey territory so quickly just in a span <laughs> of, of a dissolve and a cut and here we are so the the premise is cool you get a liquid bomb that goes off inside people right I, I love that aspect of it well let me until they explain it. So <laughs> the liquid hits your stomach and the stomach acid activates the bomb. And so you have 30 seconds before it goes boom, unless you take an acid or a Tums and then it, I guess it disarms Which, it. That
0: part never comes back. I kept yeah. thinking like, like his wife would take it or something. And he would be like, Oh no, take this an acid. Yeah, take a Tums.
1: You know? yeah. uh, um, tum, tum, tum. but yeah, I mean, wow. The first, I don't know, 10 minutes. Holy cow. And then the other seventy five, it's a different holy cow. Uh, I'll I'll say this: it was it was funny, but whoa! It it reminds me how bad some of the action films are in the nineties, and and I don't know what it is. Like there's something about a nineties bad action film isn't as fun as an eighties bad action film. I mean, they can be, but.
0: I don't know, man. I, f- I feel this like they blew up so many dummies in this movie. Rod Silver's <laughs> hair is embarrassing in this movie. Oh, we talked about yeah. that hair. Well, well we you know he's to. not
1: a good guy. He's got a, he's got a terrible haircut. Well, let's. If let's, I see a terrible haircut in a movie, I know you're a bad guy. Well, how about we start with the explosions? I mean, the, the thing's live wired. It's, it's a movie about disarming bombs. So, um, yeah, I'll give it that. The When the explosions happen, they're pretty awesome. But I, do, you, do you guys think anything tops that first one, though? Uh,
0: no. I mean, seeing a kid get pushed out of a wheelchair and then you put a guy who's going to blow up and you push him into like a little carnival game. That's pretty cool, I guess. But now that first one, because <laughs> it comes out of nowhere, because you're like, oh, the senator, he's just going to die of a seizure or something like that. And yeah. then like you're outside and then you're just like, boom. And then, oh, OK, it's that kind of movie.
2: Yeah. I, yeah, I have to agree. The first explosion, very well done. Very nice pyrotechnics. Um, after that, it, it just really goes downhill. And then uh, you mentioned it earlier, you know, they start mixing up the scanners effects with the explosions, and it's
1: like, uh, okay. Yeah, 90s. So not not the good scanner effects from the scanners. first scanners. Yeah, yeah, we're talking scanners, two scanners, three effects. But I'll say this. I love the explosion in the first one, but I kind of like the setup of the second explosion because it's so ridiculous. Oh, yeah, the limo driver. Do you, he, do you have
0: Do you have the well the ways it has to go down for this to yes. go so perfectly? Okay, the,
1: the limo driver first has to super glue the fridge door so they can't get to the cold sodas, right, and the cold yeah. water. Then he has to turn up the heat and tell him, "Hey, everything's broken," right, and then they can't roll down the windows because cars, you know, scheduled for repairs. So there's a whole elaborate scene, and then he sets a decanter of water in the back of the limo right in front of them. And so you've got the heat going, you can't roll down the windows, you can't, um, that super glue's really good because they couldn't open that fridge at all. They all tried that. And then uh, you drink the water, then you get that scanners effects and the, the limo guy just takes off. And so then they place a mannequin next to the car <sighs> for the the best mannequin explosion I've seen of <sighs> all time. So the explosion wasn't as impressive as the first one, but the setup leading to it was just freaking ridiculous. And uh, I did love that. I, I love all the things. I think there's a little
0: the error in this. I, I think there might be a problem with this scene, Troy.
1: <laughs> I know. I know. Crazy, right? I don't know. I, uh, it, I, think it, I, I think it's pretty genius.
0: No. I think the cop following the car is the guy who rolls up and gets blown away. Right? He's standing next to it. Yeah, I don't up. know. I just
1: I clearly saw I a mannequin. Think he,
0: he gets up from that. He's not <laughs> no, dead.
2: No, there's the, there was another cop. Remember, there's a the lead cop. Oh, okay. I
0: thought
2: so he was came because right, I said the same thing. I was like, what? Well, I, damn, that mannequin just got back up and <laughs> he's trying to render is, some aid. And then my wife goes, No, that was the cop in front. I'm like, Oh, okay, that get that makes sense. When we say mannequin, that,
0: it is a straight mannequin I will say
2: I will say the editing the cut for the timing of right at the start of the explosion to right where you could go oh my god that's a real t- oh no that's a mannequin
1: <laughs> you it, know it, it was really good i thought the limo driver kind of brought a mannequin and set it next to the car <laughs> just to highlight that oh yeah i'm going to blow up this mannequin on top of the the people in the back of the car so uh,
2: and then he says you know what i'm going to admire my handiwork and stand in the middle of the road so i can get hit by a car
1: yeah Brilliant! <laughs> just, just yeah. story. it sounds like you like this movie. Hey, dude, look, I uh, we'll get to my final thoughts on it, but I'm, I, I'll say this: for for a film about explosions, it it's never going to be. Let's let's just face it; it's not an exciting film, but it is interesting to watch. So, well, the, the first explosion's exciting, but then it's it's a bait and switch. It's like, well, oh, I- look at this awesome explosion, but. Okay. <laughs> I will say
2: the next coolest explosion, though, was inside the courthouse. Oh, yes. Yeah, um, so the plexiglass
1: bubble thing. Yeah. Neat.
2: yeah. When the plexiglass, um, how they captured that, I thought, I, I really would like to know how they did that. Because that was actually visually very, very impressive. How they caught the the pyrotechnics, the flame going in. But then the plexiglass, whatever it was, just bubbling outward. Yeah. And
1: then you just come down and see. And you're like, Okay. <laughs> That was pretty damn cool. I I agree. So if we talk about that one, you have a mannequin that is now being used where the judge who just drank the water, so you get more scanner effects, right? Then she blows up, but then a guy puts on a Michael Myers-looking suit and is on fire like running into the wall. He's clearly wearing like a heat suit, but the the mask or whatever they put on him, it looks like Michael Myers. So Michael Myers is burning and, oh. running around within that plexiglass bubbles
0: what what happens when you drink the water to your body
1: because it seems to get worse and worse to people as the movie goes oh i know that leads to the next explosion which (laughs) so (laughs) god here's the thing i sounds like you like this movie troy it's so stupid (laughs) god all right so first of all when clowns show up, that's some evil shit right there. You know, <laughs> clowns are bad because clowns are just. Hey, speaking of new line, new line did it. The new one. Yeah. So, okay. all right. Uh, but uh, a clown explodes. So you, you knocked some kid gets knocked over in a wheelchair. It's <laughs> so awesome. You know, which, oh, my God. It shouldn't <laughs> be funny. Oh, I definitely did. Yeah, but <laughs> I shouldn't. I mean, it's yes. It's bad. I mean, when, when some kid who can't walk gets trampled, you should be like, oh, but the way this kid flails out of the wheelchair, I chuckled pretty heavy. It's
0: like George pushing all the women out of the way. Yes. There was a fire. (laughs) Costanza.
1: He did pull a Costanza coming out of that wheelchair. So then Pierce Brosnan is holding this clown under the water, but then the clown starts to kind of get all scannery. Like, so he. So did you think it was from the lemonade? I no. thought it was from the drinking the, fountain. The fountain, right? Yes. Yeah. That's not a
0: drinking fountain, Troy. Oh, yeah. you don't no, 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 sorry, 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 sorry. That, that, that was
1: my point is it's this yes. big elaborate fountain that they're having this, um, I don't know, 60s action choreography fight because they're clearly like five feet. Every punch is five feet from the other person, but they're flying backwards. And he holds the clown under the water. And so I guess the clown takes in the water from the fountain—not a drinking fountain. It's—it's it's like there's a park clearly
0: fountain. shots of Pierce Brosnan falling into the water with his mouth open, and
1: clearly he's drinking some of that water. Why? Why did? What was their plan exactly? Where did they put that in the fountain, expecting some little kid who? Uh, or maybe the wheelchair kid—I don't know—was going to go up <laughs> to the fountain I can't and like you say that. drink it, and then all of a sudden he would blow up and blow up the round. I mean, why? Why would you put? And then why was the clown pushing the lemonade stand?
0: I don't know because I was like, oh, the obviously the drinking water that they want you to drink is the lemonade, and no, it's not. No, nah. it's not at all. I'm like, that would have made sense, but no.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So so after I saw it, I said, okay. So let me back up. So I, I, I had to apologize because yeah, I, I did laugh because the wife's like, he's in a wheelchair. Some guy's gonna like up oh, there it is. And we just started cracking up. Yeah. Um, but you know, to answer the question, I think the plan was though the fountain was not supposed to be like ingested, but the lemonade itself being acidic would have been the detonator. So they basically would have had a, just a big old fire fire fountain going.
0: Lemonade's not acidic. Lemonade?
1: Lemons? Lemons are acidic. They're not as acidic as like Your orange are right. Yeah, they are. Citric okay. acid.
0: Yeah. Right. Same thing. What science, okay.
1: science is stupid. John. Okay. <laughs> you know what? I didn't get that at but all. No. So even when but they no, go But through that was the only it. thing
2: that I could piece together because it was a huge thing of lemonade. And I'm like, okay, all them damn kids and nobody drank that lemonade, that's bullshit. Well So it's gotta be point. for something else.
1: I don't know. I just <laughs> A Seeing a clown blow up, I will say was cool. Like I that. don't lie. I was really happy to see that clown in the wheelchair just blow up. Any clown blowing up, I'm cool with. <laughs> uh but yeah, I couldn't figure out what the whole thing was because in my head I'm like he drank the fountain water. Uh so therefore he blew up and I I didn't know if they were trying to so, take out all the
0: And how much how much time do you have once you ingest thirty seconds. The- it was did a it, lot longer than 30 seconds. I was going to say, did calculus. anybody
2: else count like 30, 29?
0: Did they count no. down
1: to see? It was like two or three minutes. Well, <laughs> I'll, say, I'll save the last explosion for when we dissect the climax uh, because we, we need to talk about that by itself. But let's let's talk about the performances real quick. So we talked about the explosions. Let's let's talk about the um, – I'm going to use the word acting very loosely in this film. Oh, so I, that's
0: I'm, being very kind. Yeah, I'm, wow. I'm going to start with my – They definitely commentary. are exp- – explosive oh <laughs> right. i'll see myself out
1: guys but i'm dum. how could anybody look at the first 15 minutes of this film and think you know what that james guy bond. would make a good james bond <laughs> i mean Proston <laughs> is fucking terrible in this oh he's film. awful
0: that accent uh,
1: uh, I don't, and he's an abusive alcoholic stalker and he's, and he's, you know, the restraining order in my head made total sense. This guy's uh, a yeah, total jerk.
0: But, but just because you throw the restraining order away, doesn't make it invalid. <laughs> like it's still court order. You can't just throw it away and be like, Oh, it's gone. But, to, but to be fair, she breaks it all the time too. Like, yeah. what is the reason for the restraining order? Cause neither of them follow it. I,
1: yeah. I don't know. I, I I'll say this. Oh, and you also forgot what dead kid situation. Oh oh yeah. I was just gonna go oh, there. So okay. th- This is the most terrible. I lost my kid performance in movie history. Especially that moment they're trying to have um, with you know him just taking showers. She comes over and oh I I won't tell them you broke the restraining order this time. So they're they're having a moment. He starts to break down again, and he has this line where he's he I don't know sobbing or trying you know to explain himself to her drunkenly
0: sobbing which tr- is yeah and,
1: pitiful. and says terry i'm not as good at this as you are and when i heard this line i literally said out loud what acting <laughs> 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 it is horrible. actually your line delivery was pretty good uh, it was good yeah okay thank you well i <clears throat> i don't know i don't know what you guys think but
0: no it's it is amazing that Pierce Brosnan was able to become James Bond after his run of movies. It is amazing. Anybody
1: gave him another movie after this film. He's so terrible.
2: Well, I think it, I think the only reason why he got a shot is James Bond is somebody watched the unrated version and like, (laughs) (laughs) okay, he's got a nice ass
0: bond (laughs) and go from there. He waxed Uh, his body for this movie. What?
1: I saw in the thing where he waxed his whole body for this movie. I'm sorry. Where that wasn't on my DVD. (laughs) <laughs> kind of research I bring to
2: the podcast. I was going to say, I didn't know we were doing that kind of research. Yeah, wow. I, don't, I don't know
1: what <laughs> internet site You're you were going to. I, want, I don't want to see your browser history either. But even with all that waxing and in the darkness, when they're showing his ass, it is blindingly white. Like, hey man, I, I thought the moon was in the room, but it was his, <laughs> that's how bright that thing. And you know, they turn the lights down to film that. And you got the saxophone, the sexy 90s Oh, they got the saxophone going. going in that scene. And you can't see shit because his ass is so blindingly white. It's horrible. Oh my god! Yeah,
2: you you mentioned the saxophone. I'm I'm watching that scene no, and I'm saxophone. like, I, I well, I, that's that's where I was going. I was like, if that that muscle bodybuilding saxophone player from The Lost Boys shows up in the corner playing the saxophone, I'm I'm turning this off. Uh,
1: that, you wouldn't see you know, it because I, Brosnan's white ass was <laughs> like <laughs> blinding everything. Um, oh man! And you already mentioned Ron Silver's hair. Uh, I I think that's probably his most memorable performance. <laughs> ever his hair yeah his hair what was that? oh my it, gosh it was a bull it, it wasn't a bowl cut but it was oh my god I mean, I can't he's a
0: politician it. like no one would take him serious like we do take politicians would vote for, for that yeah thing. but like, who would vote yeah. for that haircut yeah
1: seriously well what what sexy woman
2: like lisa eyabacher would 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 go after that after seeing that that hair bounce
0: i mean I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Ron Silver, you're a nice guy. You're not in Pierce Brosnan's league. Like, there's no way she would leave him for you. Like, exactly. No, no chance.
2: I, don't, I mean, I, unless yeah. he had a tanned ass or something and that was the draw. Or <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> I guess I, I, I would say out of all the acting, um, I'm going to call it right now. So best actor would go to the 90s robot who is sexually harassing everybody at work. He gets the best um, actor award.
0: Buddy, that robot has a name madonna madonna
1: yeah so 90s robot madonna madonna the best actor in this entire film going around pinching everybody's butt but i believed that robot and best supporting actor i'm going to give it to the mannequin in the second explosion (laughs) by the car yes because that was a fantastic performance as well
0: yes i Um, agree
1: holy mannequins
0: definitely have were the best part of this movie
2: i wonder if they, they they went back to the set of old um Revenge of the Nerds, and and pulled the robot out of that dust bin and said, "You know what? We're going to add some updates, and you're going to be in live wire
1: I, I don't know. It was either that or the was it the Rocky three or Rocky four robot? Rocky three. Was it Rocky three yes. that had the robot? Oh, that's right. Polly, I think Polly. Polly Polly's, Polly's robot. robot. Man, I'm telling you what the robots in the 80s and the 90s no, were the best. It
0: was in four as well because I remember when the kid is watching the fight on TV, the robot is there as well. Yeah, right? I mean,
2: if they had brought the robots from Chopping Mall, it would oh, have been a much yes. better movie. See, I'm <laughs> telling you, a the much 80s better movie.
1: And 90s had the best robots between Short Circuit, the Rocky robot. I mean, this robot, Chopping Mall. We we need more. 80s, we need more 90s. killer robots. Well, or or robots. Well, I don't know if we need more of this. I mean. This is pretty much a cancel culture. I think this robot would get canceled pretty quick.
0: Oh, it's getting a call from HR.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> was anybody else just taken aback? So, I'm, I'm. We've already talked about it a little bit, but you're, you're going along with this really stupid action film, and then out of nowhere, I thought I was watching, I, you know, Cinemax at one in the morning, and you get this. I don't know. I think out of eighty-five minute runtime, five minutes of this is this very long just excruciatingly painful sex scene to watch because well, it's excruciatingly painful to watch. Well, because every time Pierce Brosnan would kind of roll over in that butt <laughs> and be blinding. So that's what you focused on. Okay. I, I couldn't, have, I couldn't see yeah. anything else. <laughs> I, I, I thought the white Joy, like went out on my I, TV. I saw two people reconnecting. Really? I saw love.
3: <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw more yes.
1: connection between that robot and Pierce Brosnan than I did between those two. Oh my gosh! Now, if that it, uh, right,
0: it, oh god! Because it, it, it's a weird setup, right? Because he's in the bath, and she's like rubbing his back, and you're like, "This is gonna go somewhere." Oh yeah,
2: definitely. You're like,
0: "Oh, they'll pull," you yeah, "they'll they'll stop." You know, it's. So I have a question, and Brad. Then, how no, how old were you? Were you watching this on VHS? Oh, probably. Old enough. That's probably thirteen or fourteen. <laughs> old enough.
2: Yeah, here's, here's the
1: note I wrote down. oh my god (laughs) I'm sure a lot of 14 year old boys rented the heck out of this movie in the 90s oh
0: my gosh well so we had ours off network tv
1: oh so you didn't have this version
0: so the first time I saw this movie for real I was like I have been cheated my whole life
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's uh yeah wow um yeah uh okay (laughs) <laughs> we haven't even talked about the bad guy. I, I well, want to be ben offended
0: because like he's like a Russian but so, he's also he's got like a Muslim name as well.
1: Like he's a Russian Muslim. Well, like, before we go to the bad guy. I thought the clowns are the bad guys.
0: <laughs> Al Red. Well,
1: like yeah. Yeah. Al Red, Yeah.
2: Well, let me, let me ask you guys this. Did anyone get like the new Star Wars flashbacks of Finn and his dialogue, uh, especially with you know the rise of skywalker because i I don't know about you guys but like it was like every 15 minutes stop stop fucking around with my wife stop seeing my wife stop it was like every 10 minutes i'm like oh my god it's the same line over and over and over and over and over
1: and over you guys get the picture it's the
2: same oh my goodness
1: i I don't know i i found uh i can't remember who wrote this junk uh bart baker Bart baker Bart baker Bark, the highlight maker uh was was cutting and pasting scenes from his script and well we'll use this line again no i get oh, you Oh crap what my note what note <laughs> the very beginning of this movie has a scroll well not a scroll but it has text All oh, about screen. how like yeah. the u.s doesn't have any terrorism terrorist attacks yeah the u.s is the safest uh, place because everybody else ha- and they're showing Do You think bart baker had a rough day on 9-11 <laughs> oh, yeah he did Wow. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Yeah, they're showing all of these, uh, I don't know, acts of terrorism around the world. and they're, they, I mean, hey,
0: Like, not, in the, not on U.S. Not grounds, baby. Not on U.S. Soil,
1: man. We're yeah. safe here. And then I
0: think, wasn't the – didn't they bomb the World Trade Center in 92 or 93? 93. Okay. <laughs>
1: yeah, the van in the parking lot. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He didn't get that right at all.
0: Bart Baker probably sat 9-11 out. He was like, you know what? It's <laughs> mommy on me. Yeah,
1: uh, you're right. I mean, the villain – I, they're not very I mean this the scariest part is when they dress up as clowns. Um but yeah, I the, the villains are pretty he much. He does a stab joke.
0: a doctor in the neck with a pencil or a pen. That's pretty cool. He does
1: like the he, was pen didn't fit. he was gonna write him a check. He was gonna write him a check. Oh yeah. He's like, Hey, I want my money for developing this bomb. And he's like, $10 million. Do take a yeah, check. I'm gonna write a check. That's two Just movies. Going, going back oh, yeah. to Southland Tales, she was gonna write a check for the ammunition. Yeah. So this has a lot in common with Southland Tales. Do you Tales, think you
0: right? have to tell that guy, like, wait till Friday before I get paid to catch yeah. this check?
1: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the his, illegal
0: funds haven't been transferred yet, you're his, gonna have to
1: wait. His sidekick like took the pen out and was cleaning it up like he was gonna use yeah. it.
0: Yeah. So that's good a good
1: pen.
2: pen.
1: Yeah. It didn't like fit in his neck, but it's a good pen. Yeah. Um, we gotta Is this talk- a cross? We got to talk about this action climax. Um, oh my God. So.
0: Are you talking about Home Alone?
1: Uh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So it starts with them kidnapping what's her name's mom?
0: No. 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 That guy pistol lips a grandma and it is awesome. Oh yeah like the now, best 30 a...
1: seconds in cinema. Yeah I hated that lady every time she opened oh, her mouth. When so... she
0: gets pistol whipped I'm like oh <laughs> yeah, yeah she
1: took it hard too um just oh. down and I, I kinda clapped I'm
0: sorry. That. I'm sorry. If you pistol whip an old lady in your movie, I'm adding a star to your name <laughs> <My God. laughs>
1: <laughs> It's just gonna happen. I'm going to do it. Okay. Um, okay. So he they go to get. Listener, uh, if you
0: have any more movies where old lady gets pissed the whip, please let me know. <laughs> That's not a <about> bomb. Bon- <laughs>
1: and kids getting thrown out of wheelchairs. We like those movies too.
0: Ooh, and physical title screens. Those three things. So those
1: are the three elements that as soon as you see that, all of a sudden you're like three stars out of five right there. Oh yes. Yep. Okay. So dude smacks the mom cause he's trying to kidnap the wife and laser out. Uh, I wanted to do that the minute she was on the screen. So I'm, I'm glad somebody read my mind that and blowing up the cl- clowns. I'm kind of with you. They, they, they get extra <laughs> cool points for those two things. Uh, then Troy, it sounds like you like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's terrible. Um, Brosnan goes all MacGyver or Macaulay Culkin and starts making homemade, homemade bombs. Um, so quick question: Do well, you think
0: it's very irresponsible that like some of these are like they like cl- like do a close up on some of the stuff he's using, and you're like, does that really work? Like, are they teaching me how to make bombs? I kind of were fertilizer on one, and you're like, oh, that's wow. the exact fertilizer I need. Yeah, like I, I'm not smart the- with science, so don't bring your science.
2: No, I'm just saying they're very close. Um, the fertilizer in a
1: kitchen pantry. No, who has no fertilizer one next to their coffee? I've been to both right. of your guys' kitchens. I didn't right. see that. It's not mine. But who puts I, their – and who sells fertilizer in a small container yeah, right. like that? I mean, unless, fertilizing,
3: yeah.
1: well, unless you're trying
3: Fertilize
2: to get rid of your spouse, plates? you would never have it next to the coffee. But, um, yeah, I mean, because some of the ideas, they, they were close. Um, like, you can make your own homemade potato gun, which back then was you get a pipe, spare, uh, spray a bunch of hairspray inside of it,
1: uh, Take a lighter John, to it. I don't want to. I
0: don't want to get kicked off iTunes. So yeah, don't, let's oh, not, I'm sorry. Let's not
1: put recipes out here. But you know, no, s- no, no. Speaking of that effect, it looked like <laughs> they just, I don't know, changed the camera. John, did angle. you read the
0: Anarchist Cookbook or something like that? No, I actually
2: had a couple of books, um, oh, army God. manuals. Um, oh, okay. Called improvised
1: munitions. So oh, yeah, no. I did
2: have a little bit of knowledge.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Your house is getting raided.
3: <laughs>
1: um, but how they filmed that sequence was terrible uh it, yes. looked, it looked like somebody just i don't know how they changed the camera and it looked like they poured the nails out and had a little like poof go out those nails are not flying out of that that pipe no uh,
0: they're not breaking the skin no no, no. no. Unless,
1: i mean you'd probably do more damage just throwing it at his face uh, you get more laceration effect out of that here are the thing. i i have a list of things i, I don't know about you guys but i Every, I don't know, minute or so, I'm like, I'm I'm sorry, what did he say? There were times I had to pause and replay because I'm like, what, what did he say? So <laughs> Brosnan quips because their bullets are flying everywhere. Hey, man, I hope you're insured because he's making his whole bombs and stuff. And Silver goes, he doesn't have any homeowner's insurance. Um, who the hell doesn't carry homeowner's insurance? <laughs> That's the Whoa. first oh, thing that gosh. comes into my mind. Doesn't
0: he – because he said – What? Because if you get a bank loan for a house <laughs> – Yeah, clothes on your house. You You have have to have have homeowners insurance. Well,
2: he paid cash for the house now.
0: But why would you not have
1: homeowners insurance? That senator, what? (laughs) That senator,
0: yeah. That senator. Have you seen all the money that is just inside a wall? Why would you? And he's doing
1: all. He's doing all those home improvements because he got the acetone up stuff. Why would you not insure all that? Now this, this is, is the dad in me coming out of it, but that's the first thing that I'm like, why the hell would you not have homeowners insurance?
2: I don't know. I'm just still trying to find the contractor he hired that puts you know stacks of hundred dollar bills as insulation inside your walls. I want that contractor.
0: It didn't take any of it. Yeah, know. Well, <laughs> yeah.
1: true. Um, and then okay, so uh, I've not made an action film. I've done action like stunts, but after lots of Jameson. Um, <laughs> Why roll eight times on a floor and then whistle when you're trying to shoot two guys who are maybe ten feet away with their backs to you? And why don't you just shoot them in the head? Well, why 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 the eight roll thing and then whistle and and then miss like one of them? Hey, does it look cool? Nope, sure it didn't. <laughs> it, did like he it, an really an it did not. It was having an epileptic seizure. Did not. Like if I were Ron Silver, I'd be like, dude, what's happened? What do you need a candy bar? What happened? <laughs> exactly. Here, have a Snickers. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
2: I but you, I, I, And is it me or did all the bad guys look like, you know, you know, uh, you know southern drug
1: Mexican cartel? They look like the of... bad guys from Miami Connection because one of them had yeah. a bandana and everything.
0: Exactly. Yeah, they didn't match the uh, motif of Ben Cross's character.
1: Yes, I think he... He got him from a discount like bad guys <laughs> store.
0: <laughs> the discount terrorism shop. Discount terrorism shop.
1: <laughs> which, if you're in DC, I'm sure it's there. But when I went to the spy museum, which is one of the coolest places out here. So Brad, when when you visit, we'll take the kids. We're taking you to the International Spy Museum. You learn that DC has more spies in one place than any other place in the world. So I can totally understand where he might find some discount terrorists out here. Cool. Um, the other line that just made me laugh hysterically, but I also had to pause. So uh, Brosnan takes a handful, takes a big Vaseline jar. He takes a handful of Vaseline out and he says, planning a party. (laughs) So I'm like, what, what, what the, (laughs) (laughs) so two things came to mind. I had to put a pause and I'm like, um, okay, why would anybody have a big jar of Vaseline to begin with? It's like, why would somebody? What do you do with Vaseline? So do you not run, Choi? Uh, so I went to the Healthline website, and here's what they said: Vaseline can be used to heal minor skin scrapes and burns. So I'm sure that's the running portion of it. Is that right?
0: Yeah. It also, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: Moisturize your face, hands, and more. Which I don't yep. think I've ever. Uh, A lot of
0: times when people run out in the cold weather, they'll put Vaseline on their face as well, so it doesn't get,
1: you know. Yep. Uh, help for pet paws. What? i don't get that one you i put don't know vaseline that pauses. On your pet paws crack skin oh oh, oh on your pe- okay okay <laughs> okay
0: god <laughs> uh, we're stupid
1: <laughs> pre- prevent diaper rash which i've used vaseline not on me but the kids <laughs> um that's a lie long time ago long time ago Hopefully. uh remove eye makeup save split ends prevent skin stains from hair dye or nail polish Preserver of perfume scents, which didn't make sense to me. But then the last thing on the Healthline website was use as lube for stuck objects, and I was like, "Oh yeah, he lubricant, yeah." He, he was he <laughs> was playing at the party then.
0: <laughs> so uh, you didn't know that Vaseline could be used as like a lubricant.
1: Um, I've only used it for like the diaper rash when the kids were small. Yeah. I never. Okay. So I just I thought that was a uh, when he pulls out <laughs> that Vaseline, the first thing in my head, I'm like, I didn't see any him have any kids. So I had to go and go. What do you use Vaseline for? Uh, yeah, he was gonna have a party.
0: Which is that's how you get
1: down. I'm not here to kink shame. No, no. As as hey, cool. No,
0: Consenting adults. Yeah. Hey, do your thing. Livewire taught me something. <laughs>
1: and for you preppers
2: out there, you can use Vaseline and cotton balls for instant fire starters.
1: What? Yeah, if you um- John, you gonna no, seriously.
0: Essentially- <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, so you said, John, they're close on the – because they – to Brad's point, they're specifically putting out the the fertilizer, the Vaseline, and the acetone within the the clear plastic bag. I mean, it looked like they were trying to, I don't know, show people how to do this stuff. I wonder if this movie ever got sued for somebody nah. saying, oh, this movie nah. taught my kid how to do X. No, nah. it would have um, failed.
0: Troy, that would mean someone would actually have to see this movie. Oh, true. Nobody saw it. <laughs>
1: Then you get the final showdown, the final explosion, um, and the, the the bad guy drinks the bomb. Technically, they have 30 seconds to get out of the blast radius, right? Because the acid in the stomach. They take five minutes to lower the wife down on a painter's bucket. The explosion goes off, and then they're handcuffed together, so they get blown off the roof. Was
0: that lethal weapon two, the suicide jump? Yes. That's the second one?
1: Yes. Yes. Um, and Silver, Ron Silver gets impaled. Oh, spoiler. That's how they get rid of the senator. Brosnan has a. <laughs> hey, how,
0: you know how you uh, defeat a love triangle, Troy? You
1: blow somebody. Yeah, you impale him. <laughs> so Brosnan is hanging from Silver's impaled body with a scraped up <laughs> wrist. And the first thing that his wife wouldn't does that rip is,
0: your arm off? I thought yes. so,
1: but it doesn't help when your wife is in hysterics <laughs> and comes over and starts pulling on you. <laughs> so, yeah. The
0: paramedic says, Man, please stop pulling on him. Yeah. <laughs> uh ooh. Do you have any Vaseline?
1: <laughs> <laughs> he had a big uh wow. Oh. That, yes
0: that would have been awesome if his hand went through the, the because of the vaseline went off because it was off the vaseline and he like you know Dude, on he the could have like, ah. because you use well, wait, as was a he cuffed
1: left-handed stuff. or right-handed Oh, I, well, it was his no, left-handed John. right well, which one did he grab the vaseline out did he grab the vaseline with his right i think it was once well, did he grab the
0: vaseline before he handcuffed didn't he yes. make that before he was yeah handcuffed? but wouldn't he have it like
1: did. vaseline residue on there he could yeah, have
0: yeah i'm sure yeah
1: I don't know. I just know you can use Vaseline as lube for stuck objects. His hand was stuck. He could easily got out of that thing. Yeah. And just when you think like they're going to cut away and that's the end of the film, you, you get him.
0: We got to pad that runtime. We got to have 85 minutes. We can't be eight minutes. We gotta be 85.
1: He's uh, stuck. (laughs) We're four minutes shy guys. Stuck back (laughs) under that same lady disarming another bomb between her legs while getting news that his wife's water just broke.
0: Water water, water broke everywhere. But it's good water, so, not the bad yeah. water.
1: Yeah. So we've turned it around. Yeah, but if you've seen water break, it's gross. It's not it's a good funny. thing. Yeah. Um and side note, why why does this girl keep hooking up with guys who are in or bomb experts? <laughs> yeah, or bomb experts. Is Terrorists. Is that on her dating website? She's like must must know what to do with Vaseline fertilizer and Plastique. i don't know
2: <laughs> well that last bomb was dynamite pure dynamite so
1: is she, is she dating the guys that the ben cross character is getting his help from probably probably, probably. all right wow that <laughs> that's an exciting film brad Troy, it sounds like you like this movie i don't know I, i'll look it's it's 85 minutes and it's at the real end of- dumb. At the end of it, I thought it was November and we were in Turkey Month. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that it was like, why why wasn't this uh, part of the Miami Connection lineup? Dude,
0: I love this movie. I love this movie so much. It's so dumb. Could can, can yeah. you
1: honestly watch this by your – I mean, I watched it with a friend. Uh, we had fun laughing at it, but I feel like if you had to watch this on your own – it would be kind of brutal.
0: No. No.
1: You know, I had a blast
0: watching this movie.
1: Uh I had a I I had fun watching it. A
0: blast. Did you get it? A blast that was good. This movie? That was He's good. trying
1: so hard, folks. He's really <laughs> all the bomb jokes tonight. Yep. Uh, uh, I, this is not what the This done. is the
0: official movie of our podcast, by the way.
1: <laughs> this is not <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> If this movie if if somebody were to go to us and go well what movie represents your pot? this would not be the one I'd pick
2: <laughs> Be Rima
1: Williams. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you really you, I I don't know. I this is the type of film you can't sit down with a group of like-minded people. This would be a perfect what the dub type film. I wish they would take clips from this thing and put it in there. You don't
0: know that they haven't.
1: The, yeah. yeah, we haven't gone through all the whatever clips, but I, I don't know. I, it's it's okay to watch with a group of folks if you really understand what it is you're getting into but um yeah I don't I don't know if I'd watch it by myself Does an old lady get pissed the whip Troy? Yeah. Does Ron Silver get impaled? Well, I don't care about that. I mean, the cl- how many
0: no less than 3 dummies are destroyed in this movie? <laughs> I, I, like, <laughs> I like the
1: mannequin explosions. I like the clown exploding. That's probably my favorite. And um yeah, it's, yeah I, I I will say the I don't know trauma that occurs to the kid in the wheelchair and the older lady who gets hit. That I did find that funny. Good acting. I don't know. I mean, it was awesome. Yeah. it was
0: awesome. Okay.
1: It, I mean, they did have some nice scenes, like when he goes. Did you can buy
0: this movie on streaming services for six ninety nine? That's a perfect price for this movie. Yeah.
1: No, that seven dollar movie. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I I bought my DVD from Big Lots for three dollars back in how many years ago, and, and <laughs> now for three dollars, that's a good price to pay. Five ninety nine now you're you're no mm-mm. no. So was this is definitely 16, a movie um,
2: for those who lived in the old Mill Millersville area when we were growing up. Uh, anybody who remembers Jumpers Hold theaters, that was a that was a theater that showed like. The movies you didn't go to, like Marley Station Mall or Annapolis Mall, to watch, and their ticket price was one dollar. Yeah,
1: I'd see it for a dollar. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is a dollar theater rental th- or thing. Yeah, cool, dollar, I'm in. Yeah, but there, were, like I said, there there were some
0: redeeming for a dollar have that. Yeah,
2: RoboCop. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, but there were some like I, I did like some scenes. I thought one of the one of the better scenes was he goes into the federal building, and he signs in, and then he gets in the elevator, and the guy, you know, the security guard says, "Oh, that's the guy who the senator's wife is screwing," and then all of a sudden the, the elevator door comes back open. He's like, "Look, dude," and just gives him the business. I was like, "Okay, that was a cool shot. That was a cool scene." But I, then it just goes off the rails from there.
0: It, it, <laughs> Every no he I, doesn't because he goes no, no, to the <laughs> courthouse and, and the judge blows up well, that's what i mean he goes off the rails and i'm
2: sitting
1: there watching oh wow that was pretty cool every scene pierce brosnan is in is terrible absolutely is really bad. terrible the, but it's awesome
2: no and, <laughs> it's and it, awesome and it had the line stay away from my wife
0: 18 times yeah Yeah, we got it you did tell that guy to stay away from his wife A, a lot a lot but he did
1: not stay away from his wife either no he did not Pierce Brosnan is terrible and it's not terrible fun like he's terrible I can't express how terrible he is he sucks the life right out of you with his performance I don't know how he manages to like actually shave uh, 85 minutes off of my life. I'm, I think I'm going to die 85 minutes sooner now from Pierce Brosnan's <laughs> acting. It's terrible. Troy, yeah, it sounds I, like it,
0: you like this movie. Yeah.
1: There, there, what I'm saying is the aspects around Pierce Brosnan are kind of funny. But anytime Pierce Brosnan opens his mouth, all of a sudden I don't I, – this is a brutal <laughs> film. So I've never – I've never – I can't – I'm trying to think of the last film that I watched where it was, wow, there's some really dumb, fun things in here that is directly competing with how terrible Pierce Brosnan is in Ron Silver's hair. Terrible. Now,
0: see, for me, I thought
2: there was almost a turning point like when he – after the courthouse scene and he witnessed what happened and he started getting serious – About, you know, the clues that, okay, this is how it is. And I thought, okay, now we're going to see him in badass bomb detective mode. I actually,
1: well, I I think this would be a great, fun 90s action film if, if they got rid of Pierce Brosnan, put anybody else in this thing. Nicolas Cage. Put Nicolas Cage in this thing. It would have been freaking the most amazing film in 92, in my opinion. Oh, my gosh. Uh, could you imagine uh, Nicolas
2: Cage saying, stay away from my wife?
1: Yeah, I can. Uh, stay away from my wife. Yeah, I, I would I would love Nicolas Cage in this. Like, Nicolas Cage was born for this film. And Pierce Brosnan, dude, I oof, man, mm-mm, no, nope. I don't know what to say. He's terrible. <laughs> he could
0: have, he could have been Holly, like one of Hollywood's most tragic figures, but he's not because he got to be Bond. But he shouldn't have. Clive, he shouldn't have been employed Owen after this film. Like,
1: <laughs> you think Clive Owen is like <laughs> maybe one day the last one to come back? I think I think if Clive Owen were smart. <laughs> He would have found a copy of this and gave it to everybody who was considering Pierce Brosnan for James Bond and go, whoa, 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 whoa. Before you ask this guy, look at this film. And they'd be like, Dude, we're not hiring this guy. We're going after you, Clive. That's how Clive Owen could have got the James Bond part instead of Pierce Brosnan by showing everybody live wire.
0: Wasn't Clive the for Daniel Craig, though?
1: Yeah, I, w- whatever.
0: Sorry. <laughs> I just don't want, I don't want people to come after you, Troy. I'm looking out for you. The yeah. people come after me, I, I,
1: dude. It doesn't matter. And, I, every everything comes out of my mouth is inaccurate, except for the fact that Pierce Brosnan is terrible in this film. That is accurate, and the internet can go suck it if it wants to challenge me on that.
3: <laughs> no, I thought I, it
2: wasn't. You know, it, it wasn't the greatest movie. Uh, it wasn't the most fun movie. Shut your mouth, John. What? <laughs> what? I, I will say this: I actually enjoyed it because. It's one of those movies that it, – it, it's like Drumline. You Have you, got, you guys seen Drumline, right? Yes. It's It's been a long time. Okay. Yeah, I can't so, wait
0: for this. I can't wait for this analogy. Yeah. You know, how it, where a movie, like you said, is so
2: bad, but it's funny enough or good enough that I, I'm going to watch it again. Okay.
0: Yeah. Old Lady Get Punched in Drumline?
2: <laughs> close. Very close. Very
1: close. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah what what else would you like to discuss about 1992's live wire i like to circle back to
2: the title screen because I'm, I'm with brad i i'm always impressed with those movies that actually you know do a physical title screen um you know for those who saw john carpenter's the thing and understand how they did that title um and to see this i i i, I was watching i was like okay this is cool but then all of a sudden i'm already into how do they do that and then i like Brad had pointed out. It he started heating it up, and I'm like, okay, but what's there's some other chemo- chemical reaction going on? What the hell's going on? Um, so, what's the last movie that's actually done a, a, a real physical title screen like that? I
0: try, I'm not gonna lie, I tried to Google it. I have no clue. I did too, but you it, know, nothing came up. Right. So it, I need a Wikipedia know. on all physical title screens. What'd you say? But like, it, was, it was
2: actually pretty cool. I mean, it, that that was probably one of the coolest parts of the movie. Was that? You know, I thought it was a waterfall, and then obviously you come out, you see, oh, that's the title of the movie.
1: Okay, cool. So, eleven million dollar budget, right? I think explosions, not in well. I think so. This is a film. It's interesting. You see the money running out as it goes on. So the the first between the title card and that first restaurant explosion, I think eight million went there, <laughs> and then another million went to the mannequins and that robot. So they spent. Let's let's just call it about $9 million on the first 15 minutes, plus a couple of ancillary things throughout the rest of the film. And then they used the remaining money to shoot the other 75 minutes is what this movie looks like. You're probably not too far off on that. I think that's because not only do you see Pierce Brosnan's – I mean, it, you could almost do some kind of, uh, I don't know, inverse relation graph or chart. That Pierce Brosnan's acting it gets more terrible versus the budget slowly running out
2: well yeah I mean I, I would have to agree with the budget because if you watch at the very end of the film you know he gets the call about his wife um apparently they couldn't rent a car because he leaves the bomb scene and he's literally running all the way up the fucking street well it's like you're an FBI agent you should have a car <laughs>
1: what maybe maybe he's really good cardio <laughs> maybe he's got the Vaseline now, Brad's talking about He's got he's the Vaseline
0: <laughs> I, I will I will say I will say I have and one of my pet peeves on movies that I've recently learned is characters who chew gum in movies, I don't like it. I don't like it when you chew gum in a movie. Who chewed gum in this film? Brosnan does. There's oh. a scene where he's throwing gum in his mouth and you're like, mm I don't like that.
1: No. And the and the chick who always dates terrorists and wears no panties. Right. I would have appreciated if Brosnan chewed gum through the whole film and didn't talk. <laughs> <laughs> but we would have never heard, stay away from my wife i would be okay with that Me, <laughs> just put it on me watch things explode and you're fine yeah uh is it t- i i what i i would say the other
2: thing that i did like was the subtle political commentary you know where i'm sorry what
0: subtle <laughs> what are you smoking john no 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 the subtle political
2: commentary about you know how our government does do you know some things that turn around and bite us in the ass, and I get that part, but there's no subtlety yeah, about it's like, it. Yeah, like what
1: was subtle about it? Was it subtle because they didn't write it in the air with a sky plane? Was it? Yes. Was it because they didn't do that that made it subtle?
2: <laughs> well, I, you know, I, last time I checked, we didn't fund you know the liquid version of deadly pop rocks. You
1: know, I bet you we did. It's somewhere.
3: It's probably. <laughs> we probably. It's prob-
1: I, you know what? We probably tried. Yeah, that's why it came about. Pop rocks. Failed experiment. I, I agree. I'm sure we've got some cows <laughs> locked up somewhere experimenting on liquid pop rocks. Uh, I don't know what else to talk about. That's the question. This I ask want the- John to say it. I okay. want John to say it. So we have just had a fun-filled discussion dissecting the very, I don't know, heady 1992 thriller Livewire starring none other than James Bond himself, Pierce Brosnan. John, I, I'm just going to ask this question. Is Livewire a bomb? No,
2: because I had fun watching it a second time. I'm going to be watching it a third and a fourth time um, because since we've been playing What the Dub, since since we've been playing What the Dub, I'm going to make my own version of the movie with
1: my dialogue. Now that I would watch. I would (laughs) actually watch that. I would watch anybody. (laughs) Just keep the explosions in there and somebody just redo the entire, didn't. I, didn't they do that with um, a film in the 60s? Woody Allen did it. What's, was it What's New Pussycat? I can't remember. But when they're an early Woody Allen film where they took like an old Japanese film and just redubbed it or something and released really it in the theaters, they should do that with Livewire. You should do that, John. I, it would be very
2: good. Would what, 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 what I get sued? Would we get sued since you put the idea in my head?
1: Oh, I, hey, look, as long as you're not out there like giving, I don't know, ingredients to make bombs, I think we're okay. Yeah. And I do have house insurance, so I should be covered. We're right? good. So. If you have homeowners insurance, you're fine. <laughs> yeah,
0: get people get home insurance, okay? Yeah, yeah seriously. Get home insurance. If you learn
1: anything from this episode, please make sure that your S-car. household goods just do an escrow account.
0: You'll be fine. Yeah, you know. But PM no, is it right? is.
1: I, I will say again, it, it
2: as much as I wanted it to be, it is not. It it's 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 one of those movies again, folks. It's it's going to be so stupid and, and and so unplausible and things, but you can watch it. And me personally, I've always been a fan of Lisa Albacher. Watch the Unrated version. <laughs> the, the Cinemax version? Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're not going to see much of her because Pierce Brosnan's butt's so shiny. Um,
2: all right, Didn't it illuminate the runes that opens the.
1: It illuminated everything secret from doors DC to the Mountain to of Doom, Baltimore. You sure. saw everything. Um, <laughs> Brad, oh, Lord. Uh, <laughs> Is Livewire a bomb?
0: Live Wire is not a bomb. It is uh, extremely stupid, supremely stupid. Um, Pierce Brosnan is atrocious, um, but there's dummies that get blown up. A granny gets pistol whipped. A clown gets blown up. There's a little parts of some body horror going on as well. Little
1: scanners, so, leftover special yeah, effects. Make yeah, it a night, yeah. You know,
0: I, again, it's eighty-five minutes you're gonna be in and out i really enjoyed it i think this movie's really fun um i loved every second of it so there, Troy. not a bomb <sighs> sounds like you like this movie troy
1: <laughs> why why are you trying i feel like i feel like i'm like at my first scientology film and yeah. you're like you hold troy. these two cans troy <laughs> yeah hold these hold these two things and tell us all your secrets um do you like being out on the water, Troy? How about this boat? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I'm struggling with this one. I really am. Pierce Brosnan is so terrible on this. I'll give you the mannequin explosions are amazing. I will give you that clown's blowing up. Actually, he kind of gets ripped in half before he blows up, which is even better. So he, double dead. Yeah, I, I will give you the fact that I learned – about all the uses for Vaseline that I didn't know before watching this film. I hey, w- did Southland Tales teach you that? Southland Tales taught me way more than this film did. Mm. Um, I will also say that I did learn something because I totally thought that the bad guy's plan was just to pour the liquid into the fountain and then little Timmy would you know drink out of the fountain and boom. But you might be right, John. They pushed the lemonade in the fountain and it's supposed to explode. That I guess makes more sense, but I would have thrown a Tums in there and disarmed the whole thing. Um, God, this movie's terrible. It's so <laughs> terrible. I will. Can't, how would so I'm going to say this? How would you no, rate it? It's either a yes or no. It's it's. There's none of this flaky back and forth. If I'm watching this movie with you guys, if I'm watching it with any of the guests that have been on the show, if I'm watching it with with Kevin, if I'm watching it with anybody, I, I, it's a lot of fun because you're going to make fun of the film. If you're watching this on your own and having to sit through Pierce Brosnan act, I don't even know what he's doing. That's not acting. That is brutal. That that just goes against the Geneva Convention, I think, having to just endure him on your own. That's terrible. So that part's a bomb. I, I'll just – fine. It's not a bomb. It, Victory. It, it's a bomb <laughs> movie. You, you have peer pressured me into – and granted, clown – you know, Carnage is cool. I guess. <laughs> Man, what a great movie! <laughs> this is terrible. I can't believe
2: it. Really, I mean, it's a terrible film. Terrible. It's
0: terrible, but it was fun,
2: and that, and, and you know, if you get any entertainment out of it, it did its job.
1: I did. I, did I, had, fun, I had I had fun watching glad it Gordon. with Kevin. We 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 did make fun of it quite a bit. Th- this actually would make a great turkey film. So, and, and I'm hoping if anybody who made that, what the dub game is listening, you need, you need to steal some scenes from this film for your game. Hey, guess what, Troy? What?
0: So a lot of things have happened on our podcast that have just worked out. Yeah. Um, I know we did Scott Pilgrim, like right around the anniversary, we released a star Wars episode on May 4th, completely Which by accident. I,
1: th- I thought you planned that.
0: But, nope. Okay. Nope. Cause I'm too stupid to even plan that. Guess what today is.
1: Um, uh, who knows Pierce, Brosnan's, Pierce birthday? Brosnan's birthday oh my god oh, my
0: <laughs> <laughs> literally so I'm looking on IMDb and of course I'm like oh, whose birthday is it today I scroll down scroll down scroll down it says Pierce Brosnan that born is,
1: that's weird you, 516
0: are you planning this crap no I promise you it just happened well we should take a copy of one of these DVDs autograph yeah, Joy, it I would have had then then the foresight I would have had the foresight to look up when Pierce Brosnan's birthday is, make sure it's on a Sunday when we record, and then pick a movie that he's done that no one's heard of for that day. Okay. No, it just happened. All right.
1: Well, that's pretty cool. Happy yeah. birthday, Pierce Brosnan. I'm just going to let you know, in 92, I thought, I thought your career was over, but thanks for bringing it around. You made some awesome movies after 92. <laughs> but the in the year of 92, you gave us The Lawnmower Man and, and Live Wire – Shame on you, sir. I'm <laughs> man, it's terrible too. Uh, I like, like that movie. Yes. Well, Brad, do we do we talk about next week? Yes, we do. It's a big one. So we're getting closer to the one year of the show. Uh, when COVID was, I don't know, about a month and a half into it, that's when you and I were like, "Hey, let's let's dust off the microphones and start doing the podcasting again." And honestly, if you'd asked me, we're Would we ever get to episode 50? I I really didn't think so. I thought as things would tail off, we would lose interest or something. But um, I I think uh, I'm constantly amazed at uh, how many people interact with us and and all the new people that we've met and all the friends and everything else. And I'm, I'm so happy for it. So I thought for episode 50, we have to bring out one of the big guns. So I am super excited to talk about next week. Probably top five film for me. It just influenced my entire, I I don't know, life almost. But we're going to talk about none other than 1986's Big Trouble in Little China, which is one of the biggest bombs, but also one of the most beloved cult films that are out there. And I I feel like Shop Factory, on an annual basis, put some new version of this film out in in Blu-ray. But yeah, that's the show next week. And... I'm also happy about next week because none other than Cameron is coming on the show, my son, to talk about Big Trouble. And Brad and I were trying to find a guest to tackle this one. So the thing about this film is how many, Brad, how many podcasts do you think have done something on Big Trouble? Like all of them, all of them, all the podcasts, all 850,000 podcasts that exist have done something on Big Trouble in Little China. We're trying to tackle it from a different perspective. So you don't wanna hear two old guys talk about this, but we're curious, does Big Trouble in Little China hold up to an audience of teenagers today? So we're gonna ask that question next week and I'm, I'm really curious what we get out of that. I've, I've asked Cameron to make sure that he gets as many, uh, I don't know, opinions and feedback from, his friends and also so can explain TikTok to me as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I would like that. I'll bring he, my questions. Uh, don't use it. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and what's funny is uh, John's kids and my kids. I mean, they they've seen big trouble in little child, I don't know how many times, but I think that's because John and I have forced that on our children and luckily they love it. And it, also side note, um, John's son, has the greatest Jack Burton-like hair I've ever seen, <laughs> um, Bishop. Ha- I don't know how he did. De- like I am so jealous of Bishop's hair because he looks like a Korean Kurt Russell, and it's it's freaking gorgeous. You're, you're- to the point. I had to order the exact same tank top that Jack Burton wears yes. in the movie. He dressed up as Jack Burton for Halloween, and it was the greatest Halloween yes, costume I have ever seen <laughs> in my entire life. Down to the Harley Davidson hat. It was freaking amazing. But anyways, I am so excited about talking next week um, about this film and also having Cameron on. And, uh, I, I'm, it, and what I'm probably – I've always said from the beginning, this podcast is probably more about uh, creating a record of um, conversation – that I could pass on to my kids. You know, when I'm not around, they want to go back and kind of listen to... Uh, because you all know my kids, et cetera. I mean, everybody we, we bring on the show in some ways met my family. But um, I'm really excited to be able to sit down and just kind of share to the world um, an, another voice that I think is um, super smart, super fantastic. And and Angel was on for Zodiac and he's going to be on for uh, Big Trouble. And and um, I'm hoping, you know, we can get, you know, Bishop or... Remley John or anybody I mean we got a few years for your kids Brad I mean, my kids are 1 and 4 so yes. we got some time and if we're podcasting in in 10 years we're bringing them on so yeah <laughs> but yeah. um i think next week's going to be fun and we're going to try and and talk about it from a unique perspective and not just spend 2 hours like Hey, remember this scene? It's a cool scene in movie history, and both of us go. Well, yeah, it still
0: cool. does have like an interesting backstory and things like that. So, yeah. I mean, there there's some things in the background that maybe people don't know. Uh, it is. I it's, already started yeah. doing a lot of that stuff because I could not wait. So,
1: yeah, I'll, I'll watch this a couple of times through the week. So, any excuse, and and I could probably quote this thing off the top of my head at any given time. So, and I know John, it's it's a favorite of yours too. So.
2: Absolutely. Oh yeah, you know, you you got me turned on to watching it, you know, tomorrow two or three times. It's it's yeah, it's one of the best movies ever. Best movies ever.
1: So, Brad, if anybody wants to reach out to us and I don't know, either thank us for discovering Livewire, introducing it to them and their friends or I don't know, yelling insults and and creating strongly worded emails against introducing, you know, them to Livewire, how would they get a hold of us?
0: Uh, that's not a at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Twitter Instagram and uh, Facebook I know we have a few people that are going back through our back catalog right now uh, so thank you I think Valencia is one of them uh, shout out to her for kind of kind of bringing us back because she was talking about dread and her that I had to go back hilarious. and started, yes I started started to listen to dread again and um, just you know because you and I listened to it and then to make sure it sounds okay. And then we kind of put it out to the world and I, I tend to kind of move on. So it's nice to go back and, and listen to the things we said, you know, now that some people have discovered us, you know, Star Wars was very nice to us, Troy, uh, yes. uh oh. listener wise. So, uh, you know, still
2: wrong about Kathleen Kennedy.
0: Um, <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> but, but I'm sure, you know, I'm sure all the people that joined on for Star Wars will love to hear about heart Livewire. But, you know, whatever. Yeah,
1: I think oh, anybody, nope. anybody that we gained from solo, we just lost <laughs> from either Southland Tales. Or it's all fun. right. That's all we'll right. We'll come then. back next week. Yeah, it'll be fun. Um, and listen, we're getting close to a one-year anniversary show. We're not really sure what we're going to do. I can't tell you this. We're going to try and find some way to give back um, to some listeners and maybe do some contests and and do stuff like that. But. We'd really like to just hear from you. So, if you've been around since the beginning or you just discovered us, you know, reach out to us either on any of the social media sites or, you know, send us some email feedback. We'd like to hear more about you and maybe over the last year, what bomb that you've discovered as a result of just having a couple of guys um, and girls get on, you know, this microphone and share their thoughts on some movies that just didn't do so well. So, yeah. Well, anything else? John, as always, we are so excited when you show up because you bring the funny and you're always dropping that movie knowledge. And apparently some, you know, knowledge that we probably don't need to be airing, like how to make bombs. Um, but
0: yeah, <laughs> want the dub skills are unmatched. My we all, goodness. we all know
1: that we're giving you, we're going to go make a trophy for you, but yeah, no, thank <laughs> you so much for coming on the show and, and talking about this film with us. We're so grateful, man.
2: No, thank you once again for having me. I uh, wow, has it really been a year? Um, it, it's it's been a pleasure to be and honoring since you first asked me to come on and continue to ask me to come on. It's been and uh, you know hopefully we'll, It's fun. Always will be fun. This movie was fun. I I can't wait for next weeks and all the future movies that are going to be discussed. Uh, fans out there, pass the word along, please. This is one of the best podcasts out there. This is awesome. Thanks, man.
1: And I, I'm, I would really encourage you to uh, have Bishop send his thoughts too, because he's um, that that kid. I mean, your kids are amazing, Bishop and Ren just absolutely amazing. But uh, <laughs> I'm really curious what they think about this film, because it, is it something that's good that they like, or is it because that the dads like it that they find enjoyment? So I'm I'm curious what their thoughts are.
2: I, I will say this: um, his Jack Burton hat. Uh, and sunglasses are on his mantle but, uh whatever you call it right above his bed it's right there front and center he 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 he's he's a fan awesome no no doubt no
1: doubt what else brad i'm missing anything else any announcements jose thank you for that email i mean seriously yes. that was I'm, huge i we're so happy to share your thoughts on that
0: troy i'm not a very smart guy so when people send in stuff that's really smart i'm like damn it
1: which was me <laughs> <laughs> I know. Jose has a way of just being able to put something in the context and you just feel, I don't know, you feel smarter after reading it. So that, that guy, Jose is a genius in my opinion. All right. Well, listen, I don't know if you are listening. I don't know what part of the day you're listening, morning, afternoon, evening, whenever, but Hey, thanks. And I hope you're having an awesome day and I cannot wait to introduce you to Cameron next week and talk about one of the greatest movies ever, Big Trouble in Little China. So stay tuned.
0: Thank you. Have a nice day. Thanks. Have a good one, guys.